Six-Pack Double Feature presents Pick 6, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love. Plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. How's it going? I'm great. Me too. <laughs> Me three. <laughs> Take a Samuel Jackson's. <laughs> It'll fuck you up. <laughs> It'll fuck you up. Actually, no, I think he said it. will get you drunk. Yeah. It's a lot of those. So you might have noticed a uh, odd disparity between our openings of beers. Mine sounded like one of those twist, twist off Coors caps. It is not. It's a twist off kombucha cap. Uh, I have uh, what is the tail end of a two day hangover, so <laughs> I am not, not drinking. Uh, kombucha does have a tiny bit of. Yeah, but not enough to <laughs> fuck up a mouse or a bird. But it's fizzy. It technically has sugar and alcohol in it. So hey, so it counts, <laughs> and it's brewed. That's the name, Kavita Master Brew. Moving on. Hey, gang, welcome to <laughs> Pick 6, the uh, show where we take a uh, top five list and add an extra criteria. Choice. Choice selection. So as to... Uh, extra brew. So as to keep on brand with the Pick 6, or the six-pack of our double feature. I am not Travis. I am not Nathan. And today, hope you guys are having a good week. Today we're doing... MacGuffins. Now, there's what's a MacGuffin? It's always called the thing that the characters on the screen worry about, but the audience don't care. How much scotch do you think he'd had that day? A uh, Hitchcock worth. Jesus <laughs> God, man! I got a little tipsy listening to him. All right, so there you have it. A MacGuffin is the thing that drives the movie. Yeah. Um. All right. So you won the coin toss. What is your number six? Uh, my number six. I chose the. The epitome kind of of what the MacGuffin was, and that's the Maltese Falcon in the Maltese Falcon. That's my number four. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to cross paths on this one, but... Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Go for it. But you're familiar with the old... Uh, I mean, you've seen it, I'm sure. Um, I've seen the Falcon. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> really? No. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it's the title of the movie, for God's sake. You know, he's he's after... Bogart's character is after this... Bronze or gold statue? Yeah, what this film pretty much drafts drafted the uh, the blueprint also for the now overused trope of the mysterious woman or femme fatale who appears in the smoke filled uh, private detective's office. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, needing help, but murder happens uh, on top of more murders, which all uh, lead pretty much to every single character searching for this black figure of a bird. What made me think of it was this was the first one I thought of when I thought about doing this list. <clears throat> as sad as it is, I remember it from a Gallagher bit back in the late '80s. I believe he was talking about. Is he still doing stuff in the late '80s? Well, oh yeah, he was doing stuff into the '90s. Was he? He was talking about, um, I believe, Ted Turner colorizing movies, <laughs> and his gag for to show how bad it would have been. Like he had a Maltese Falcon and uh-huh. he had it, it painted all like psychedelic colors and shit. <laughs> Maybe throw. A, I'll find a picture of it. You can throw it in the. Uh, Okay. <laughs> that'll Instagram make feed that, or something. That'll make that one of your six pictures for the preview card. All right. <laughs> I'll try to remember that. I, so is Sam Spade, is that a series or does he, was it just well, a one-off? Uh, I don't know how many films had Sam Spade, but Dashiell Hammett had Sam Spade in several novels. So The Maltese Falcon, your number six, my number four. My number six, I figured I would start with the Holy Grail of MacGuffins and Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't think you would. No, I didn't even um, think about that one, but that's... It's the, obviously, everyone knows, it's their take on the Arthurian legend of chasing the Grail, but filtered heavily through Monty Python's 
tea diffuser. Mm-hmm. And I, the first time I saw this, I don't know if I've talked about it, but I was like home with, I'm not the flu, but I was homesick. I was about 13 and my mom came home at lunch. She had rented a couple movies from the library and this was one of them. And I'd never heard of Monty Python. Right. And I put it in and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, okay, okay, it's King Arthur. Okay, but why is it so silly? Right, stop that. <laughs> you know? Silly. Stop that rabbit. <laughs> like, I was I was fucked up because I was on NyQuil. You know, I was, I'm thir- I was 13, so I'd never done drugs or this anything. This is much funnier than... I sh- well, no, I was yeah, just no, confused. Yeah, yeah, I was it's... like, they're scared of a rabbit? What's with the coconuts? What's with, yeah. <laughs> I, is this is... At the budget, they didn't have... Ho- they, they couldn't they, afford horses? Is this funny? Why, is, why are they doing this? And... and that's when I fell in love with Monty Python. I could see how that would be disorienting if you had no idea what you were walking into on that. I mean, and it's fun to see them do a linear story because Monty Python's show or and their first movie, which was just a collection of their sketches. Right. Um, the show was, I mean, there was always a linear thread that went through the show, but it was really odd. Right. And loosely connected all the sketches, but there was no A to B story. But the they they you know Monty Python shows how far 180 degrees you can go from that center line, up to like just 178 well, being straight Arthurian <laughs> tail and then going into full on uh, the llama thing at the very beginning. Yeah, and then back down to uh, Michael Palin trying to explain politics to him from you know they're just collecting filth off the street. Ladies lying about in ponds dispensing souls is no measure of government, mate. That shit, like it just turns in. He turns it's, into a fucking East Ender, you know. It's it's just a brilliant fucking movie. So doesn't it end with them all getting arrested? Arrested? Yeah, it yeah. breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, and it kind of like Blazing Saddles and the uh, yeah, but the two stu- years the studios all kind of but two yeah. years before and and Monty <laughs> Python just stops. Like the cop walks up and puts his hand on the camera and it just stops and it says the end. My number five fits the bill for the spy thriller is Sean Connery's second outing as James Bond in the film From Russia with Love. I've only seen that once or twice. Um, it's the most espionage-ish. I remember of the it actual. being darker. It's very, and not as, yeah, it's it's a different kind of tone. Swinging sixties sex cat. Yeah, Bond's been commissioned by MI6 to produce um, a lector cryptography device. Careful, that thing will eat yeah, you up. Exactly uh, from the Soviets uh, from their. Uh, from their contacts in in Istanbul. Um, But it's all just a grand scheme to lure Bond into a trap by Spectre and have him killed for his actions of killing Dr. No from the previous film. Gotcha. If they're not trying to pursue the Lecter device, the movie doesn't exist. You pull out... Well, you kind of have to think of MacGuffin sometimes. If you pull that thread out, the movie completely falls apart. Should it? Sometimes. Well, I'm not saying that... It has to, or it will, but there, quite often, if you pull out certain MacGuffins, the movie can't exist. Well, go, bad example. Go back to the briefcase. Yeah. If you take the briefcase out, those two, uh, those two, I don't want to say sketches, but those two vignettes from Pulp Fiction, they don't, there's no point in them happening. No paths cross. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go ahead and hardline it and say, it's, if your MacGuffin can be taken out of the movie... You don't have a MacGuffin, which is going to fuck with one of mine, but it's funny, so oh. I'm going to leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Uh, so, yeah, my number five is the Lecter device from <laughs> from Russia with Love. My number five is the other Holy Grail from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. 
<laughs> you see, he picked two holy grails. Yep. Nice. <laughs> uh, and Indy actually gets his hands on it in this one. That's why. I, that's does. why I chose Monty Python's this one because they never get to it. They just see it, you know, in a vision. And then Indy actually gets to it and uses it. And what always fucked me up about it as a kid, I was like, why does it turn water into peroxide? Because like, <laughs> whenever I was whenever I was a kid and I'd hurt myself, I was a, I was a bitch. And it's not mom, into wine; it just turns it into peroxide. My mom tried to put like alcohol yeah. on a wound. I would it fucking burned, and I would yeah. bitch out. So she was like, "Here, use peroxide." That's, and then it gave me something to focus on because yeah. it, it fizzed, and I was like, "Oh, it's fizzing out the That's, inspection." Yeah, like that no. still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I remember that happening and I was like, this, does it so <sighs> don't drink it. That's what happened to the old man. You know, I mean, the uh, Nazi <laughs> peroxide rocks I, your soul. Hydrogen peroxide just fizzes you in from the inside out. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, what else was he going to do? Just like the wound was just going to disappear. I don't know. It's what I, it's why I always fixate it on. But. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't think about the fact that there's a night that's been in there since like the 1100s Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. You think, have, you think you have all the pages of the Bible memorized by then? You'd think. Anything in else in here? Trees. Quran? Fuck, I'll read the Quran. Let's just <laughs> let's contrast and compare. Eh? <laughs> uh, so, Indian Henry's Holy Grail, that's my number five. What's your number four? Uh, well, not as classic a film, the entire plot of The Hangover revolves around Phil, Stu, and Alan trying to figure out what happened. The, to the uh, to them on the previous night, but more importantly, trying to find their friend and groom to be Doug and last name MacGuffin. Is it really? <laughs> no, it's not, oh, but that okay. would have been funny. <laughs> you take Doug out of that movie, it it doesn't exist. Yeah, there's no yeah, point. There's no point. I mean, it's just four dudes in a hotel room fucking... Getting wasted ow. on roofies and not knowing it, and that's it. So that's your number five? Yeah. Or your number... Uh, number four. And you took my number four, so what's your number three? <laughs> I was scanning over my DVD and Blu-ray library, and then I came across one film that really portrayed the perfect example of hiding a MacGuffin, a MacGuffin right in plain sight in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, the Genesis device. When they set down on SETI Alpha 6 to investigate further, it takes Chekhov a little too long to put the pieces together when discovering the SS Botany Bay, and Khan takes over their ship and the Genesis device. You remove that Genesis device and you don't have that movie. They don't get to the planet. Right. Huh. It drives the plot. Khan wants to create his new world. And it uh, it also links Carol Marcus and um, Shatner's... Shatner. <laughs> well, it might as well be Shatner. But it, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he his son said, David. He once said, I believe, that he is uh, Kirk is 90% him and 10% something else. Uh, yeah, I could see that. But So you can and, say... You know, but yeah. his Shat Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> and it also kind of propels the rest of that story arc or what happens to those other two films. You don't have the Genesis device, you don't have the other two films either. Sure. Yeah. It's not it's, for that reason, yeah. But but it's in consequence. That's a good I hadn't thought of that one. I hadn't I did scour not scour, but I did peruse some lists of like Yeah, it's sometimes you Kind yeah, of have, you to, have to like, oh, it's this. I always like I said. Oh, and this. you always come across. You always come across, of course, the briefcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of them. But I'd never in my looking. I didn't. I, I don't think I ever saw the Genesis device. So that's a good one. Um, so yeah, that's number. That's my number three. Um, you picked what's his name in the fugitive? The uh, the fugitive, the uh, hangover. Doug. Doug. I like the idea of a person being a MacGuffin. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I've chosen the fugitive. <laughs> that's why I said it a minute ago. <laughs> the, um, the, the one armed man. man. Oh, I never thought about but that. But David uh, Kimball is kind of a MacGuffin, too, because Tommy Lee Jones is looking for him. Oh, Mr. Kimball has, uh, yeah. 
But the one-armed man is more of a MacGuffin because you only really see him at the beginning. Does he exist? Yeah. Yeah. And then he catches him, right? Spoiler. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't, it's been, it's been, did the he movie's ever, like almost 30 years old. I know. But did he catch him in the show? Or not? I think so. Okay. I remember I remember it being a big deal for yeah. people that were my age then when it came out because it was like they're fucking one of their it was lost one, yeah. the movie, you yeah. know? If like if they I and I remember my mom thinking like is he gonna it catch It was probably him? like a two hour finale, I'm sure too. Maybe surprise me. Because it was yeah, I mean that show didn't couldn't have had too much longevity. If he doesn't have anything to go on, He's who not, is he searching for? Yeah, why is he running? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that was I thought that was a good one. Um, so the one-armed man from the 1993, The Fugitive, that is my number three. What's your number two? While falling around Marvin Acme along with his death <laughs> does initially propel the story of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but it's not until the fate of Toontown falls on locating Marvin Acme's will. Marvin Acme's will hmm. is the perfect example also of a, a really good and noirish and it's a MacGuffin. Yeah. You know, Valiant as the drunk gumshoe working with Roger Rabbit really drives the rest of that story when they're but only because they're trying to find that will. You take out the will, or if they already found the will, there's no He's just found the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that's such a good movie. It holds up in so many different so many different ways. Yeah. So your number my number two is Marvin Acme's Will from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <clears throat> um, my number two for like the third or fourth time is a shark from Jaws. <laughs> it's the title of the goddamn movie. It's on the Mo artwork. Guffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little long. Can we shorten that down? Uh, teeth. <laughs> a little, no. little tighter. Um, yeah, it's sort of a generic. Not really a cop-out, but I mean, you don't have the shark. If the shark's not killing people and they're not searching for the shark, there's... You kind of Hooper doesn't show I mean, it up. It drives all the main characters. It yeah. scares the shit out of the town, and scares the shit out of the mayor. Says the beaches are open, <laughs> and it's a lovely Just day. The shark being the MacGuffin is so rock solid that, like, literally the entire movie is based on it. Yeah, it doesn't revolve around it. It's fucking based on it, which I guess is kind of six of one, half dozen of the yeah, other. Yeah, it's but. it's kind of hard to go. Okay, well, is it or is it not really a MacGuffin? But in many ways, the way we've kind of defined it, in some manner of speaking, the shark is. The MacGuffin. Yeah. Well, what else can I you guess. say? That's my number two. What's your number one? As we consumed way too many white Russians, but <laughs> if the, if Jackie Treehorn's thugs had actually broken into the correct Lebowski residence, and then the Chinaman... Chinaman? Asian-American, dude, is the preferred <laughs> nomenclature. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, if the Asian-American uh, never would have pissed all over the dude's rug, <laughs> which really tied the room together. But, uh, yeah, the rug... Because that really ties the movie together. It doesn't just tie the room together. It is on the cover, the rug, on, <laughs> on several of the DVD yeah. releases anyway. I never I never would have thought about it before, but I'm like, no, that's the rug. You don't have him trying to get a new rug. You don't have, you don't have that story. It doesn't bring the dude into the story. Sure. And the Coens are great at that. They do that with all of their movies. You could almost say the money is a MacGuffin in that movie as well because... Kind of, yeah. Or Bunny. Bunny would be a... She'd probably be a good one, too. So many MacGuffins. There's so many. I took a left turn on mine and... On my number one, and... And the clip I had uh, went into plays, a douchebag sort of... Not obscure clip, but uh, couldn't find it while we were looking, and then I went to go just record it off of the TV, and I don't have the DVD, just fine. 
Uh, but our power also flickered, and now took our down router, the internet. Took down the router, <laughs> so the router's rebooting, and I don't want to stand around for thirty fucking minutes while the router reboots just so I can pull the clip from high anxiety of the guy at the desk going, "Hey, Mister McGuffin, call." <laughs> he said, "You know what it was about," and he says it. It's so perfect because he says he it. He said, and, "You know what it was about." <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? I watched it that one time. Yeah. Oh, you're only like a one-time high anxiety watcher. I may go back to it, but oh man, it's so good. It's Mel Brooks like ripping off about it. Yeah. all the Hitchcock, all the Hitchcock movies, stuff, uh, which I thought was a fun way to get a Hitchcock-style MacGuffin in here without doing Hitchcock. Um, but it's kind of meta. And it is. It's not a MacGuffin at all, but it's a. a but it's a, a it's joke. a literal MacGuffin. Yeah. Instead, of <laughs> <laughs> and it's the way it's uh, the guy that was on. Um, he's a character actor from the '70s and '80s. You know him if you saw him, but he played Mr. Carlin on. The Bob Newhart show. Okay. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. And he says the he says the line all like stilted and mysterious, so it's kind of creepy. Um and then Mel Brooks' character walks away and the guy kind of like does the eyes side to side and then goes back to what he's doing. <laughs> it's like literally just adds a nice little air of mystery and weirdness to this goofball fart comedy that is any good Mel Brooks movie up through I believe Spaceballs is where I'll stop. But that's my number one. I had a couple. I had at least one honorable mention when I was okay. driving in, and I was thinking about picking up a six pack, and then I remembered, hey, I left a few here. Can I guess? Yeah, the Death Star plans. No, okay, but I know that I was seriously considering it, and I thought you might have chosen it because, again, you don't have the Death Star plans, you don't have Star Wars, right? Not, and, yeah, or Rogue One, right? Really, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but no, when I was thinking about picking up a six pack, and I was thinking about picking up. Some Coors Banquet. You don't have Smoking the Bandit. Wow. You don't. Side so, note. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing uh we were doing a fairly large landscape a month or so ago. Uh-huh. And I had to get my guy started doing the layout and then I had to go get some material and, you know, do boss stuff. And I was like, I knew what was gonna happen when I walked up to him. But I took the I took the landscape drawing and I said, "Listen, guys, many Bothans died to get these plans to us, so don't lose them." And I handed them over, and they both went like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to land. It's a Star Wars joke. I guess you guys got laid in high school. I'm going to go get some dirt. I'll see you later." Now that's a Return of the Jedi reference, though, correct? Because I, can't rem- I think yeah, it is. I believe so. Because yeah, that's Mothma. the yeah. Because we need many Bothans died. We need we need the other story that many Bothans died to get the plans of the new Death Star. We need that <laughs> movie now. To be made in Rogue Two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, gang. I hope you enjoyed this MacGuffin episode. It's a quick one, but uh, still fun nonetheless. But uh, not sure what we got next week because we like to mix them up with the yeah. with the Pick 6 episode. Shuffle so it up. No point in me even saying that. So I'll go ahead and just cut that out, Trav. So we will <laughs> see you next week, gang. Yeah. Uh, like us, rate us, follow us, review us, buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker. Just Don't download know. us then. <laughs> Yeah, download would be great. Yeah. So we will see you next week with another Pick 6. Until then, stay off the moors. Pick 6 is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it.